Hi there, and welcome to Proverbs 31 One of Me, where we discuss biblical womanhood in our constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I'm Alexis Heeslip, and as a wife and mother of two, I am always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. Today is really exciting because I am going to be sharing with y'all my go-to verse and how you can find your own go-to verse. Let's dive on in. So funny enough, I wasn't looking for a go-to verse when this verse jumped out at me and grabbed my heart. A little over a year and a half ago, I decided I was going to read through the whole Bible from cover to cover for a second time around. The difference was I was not just going to rush myself for how much I would need to read. The first time I did this, I did a year plan, but it was really hard. It was so much information all at once, and I did not have enough time to fully digest all that I was reading in one day. So this time around, I chose not to put a limit for how long it would take me. I was in the middle of the book of Exodus, reading something that was so familiar. I could tell you the story in my sleep, the story of the Israelites fleeing Pharaoh and going to cross the Red Sea. It's easy when you've heard a story a million times to just gloss over it. But this time around, I read it with a critical eye and I was shocked at the things that stood out to me. If you would open your Bibles to Exodus 14, we will start looking at verse five. Let's read it on. And the Bible says, when the word reached the king of Egypt, that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away? They asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariots and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with his commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fists raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Pihaharithoth, across from Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. 
It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots, and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them all, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. I know that there is a lot to unpack here, and I want you to turn your focus over to verse 14 for just a moment. This is the verse that stood out to me immediately, and it tugged on my heart. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Woof! Wow. It's easy to sit back on your couch and judge the Israelites while reading this passage, isn't it? You might be thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, after all that God has done for them, from the plagues to Passover to the Egyptians just letting them walk out of Egypt and literally handing them their gold and silver, you would think that they would have some faith and trust in God to provide for them. What's wrong with those people? Don't they remember all the different things that the Lord has already done for them? Hmm. It's okay to have those thoughts. And that's, you know, some of the thoughts that I had too at first. But then I started reflecting. And I realized that I am just as guilty as the Israelites are. Oof. Yikes. How many times have I questioned God's plan in my life? Just the other day, I was whining and complaining and moaning and kind of upset about my family's situation with trying and really not succeeding to buy a house and just how impossible it seems. The interest rates are on a rise. Houses are expensive. Everything's expensive. The cost of food keeps going up. The cost of gas keeps going up. And I just could not get out of my negative space and was being a complainer, complainer, complainer. Although we are renting and although I have a lot of things that other people don't have, I had the audacity to complain I had forgotten and was so quick to forget how thankful I should be because God has provided so much for my family already. Sure, we rent a home, but we're not in an apartment or a rundown home. We have a nice roof over our heads. 
We have plenty of food to eat. We have an amazing family who is so supportive and loving and kind and generous, who has given us a discounted rent when we could be paying so much more. We have a big yard for my children to play in. We have a church family where we can go to and we have so many good friends, so much support in our prayers, so much support in a community. We are very blessed as a family. But because of my human nature, because I'm not perfect, only God is perfect, I quickly forgot just how fortunate and how much God has provided for me and my family. And looking back, it's so embarrassing. I was complaining because I forgot who's in charge. I thought I was in charge for a moment and started to feel sorry for myself. But I am not the one who is in charge. God is the one who is in charge. He is our provider. He is our rock. He is our salvation. And that is why this verse just grounds me. And why I just love Exodus 14, 14 so much. It constantly reminds me that it is the Lord who is in control, not me. Not the government. Not my husband. Not another adult telling me what to do. But God is in control. God is the author of the story. Not me. What a relief that is to know. Doesn't that just make you feel good? To know that you don't have to be the one in charge. You don't have to be the one in control. You don't have to be the one making all the decisions. You just have to stand still and be willing to be led by God. Mm. He will fight for you in every circumstance of your life. You just have to put your trust in him and be still. I know, I'm sure there's a lot of people like me who are control freaks, and that's hard to do. But when you decide to fully trust in the Lord, it just makes life so much easier. And that's why I love this verse. Just like the Israelites, oof, I have definitely let my emotions take over and get the best of me more than once. I have had times where I felt like the worst is just on me and there's no help or no hope and I'm overwhelmed and just don't know what to do. But when I get into the negative headspace and I know I'm going to do it again because I'm only a human being, I don't have to stay there. I can bring my mind to this verse and reflecting on it pulls me out of this negativity that is so easy to get trapped in and I can come back into the peace that is in Jesus and only in Jesus. I am so glad that God showed me this verse. And you know what, guys? You can find a go-to verse for yourself as well. And everyone's go-to verse is going to be different because we're all different. But I can show you how to explore how you can find your own go-to verse. So now we're going to do just that.
It's amazing to me how the Lord knew just exactly what verse I needed to guide, remind, rebuke, and love me throughout my day to day life. I still turn to this verse every single day, and it has had such a positive impact on my day to day routines. So here are some ways that you can find a go-to verse to meditate on day and night. The first step in finding your go-to verse is to pray. Ask the Lord to speak to you through his word. Talk to Jesus about your hopes, your dreams, your fears, and your goals. He wants to guide us to be in line with his will and he will respond to your prayers. A prayer for guidance can be something like this. God, thank you for giving us your word so that we can be guided to do your will. Thank you for not leaving us without any knowledge of you and what your will is. Lord, I come asking for guidance. And Lord, I ask that you show me a verse that can be a go-to for me. For throughout the day, For whenever I'm feeling stressed, I can turn to that verse and meditate on it and think back to you. For when I'm happy and I can turn and think back to you with this verse. Lord, thank you so much again for your word. Thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. Amen. That is such a powerful prayer. And it might take some time and it takes some effort on your part too. But your prayer will be answered. It is okay to be consistent. I encourage you to be consistent in this prayer. Until he lays on your heart a verse that is your go-to. Now, you've prayed about it, but what step can you do to find it? That's the next question. And... The next and I think most obvious step that you can do is to read. Read your Bible. Now, you don't have to do what I did and read the Bible from cover to cover right away. Okay? You don't have to do that. And I'm not telling you that's something you should do. But what you can start with, so it's not as overwhelming, is... You can choose a book of the Bible and start there. Now, I do have a challenge, though. I challenge you, instead of choosing a book of the Bible you're familiar with, I want to challenge you to choose a book of the Bible that you aren't as familiar with, to start with. Many people that I know, and myself included, are much more familiar in the New Testament with the New Testament than the Old Testament because in the New Testament, Jesus is the direct focus. We see his life, we see his ministry, we see the death and his resurrection, and then we see the fruit of that through the early church. And I feel like that's something that as Christians, we are extremely familiar with. So, instead, I suggest you try looking at a book from the Old Testament you're not familiar with. Now, I know a lot of us out there are really familiar with the big stories of the Old Testament. 
But there is so much more to the first half of the Bible than David, Moses, and Abraham. I'm not saying that those stories, those true stories that actually happened from the Old Testament aren't important. But what I'm saying is there's so much more to the Old Testament than just those stories. And I feel like other parts of the Old Testament just get overlooked when there's it's shameful because there's so much joy and hope and knowledge and just prophecy in the Old Testament that are mind-blowing. So I suggest maybe looking at a book in the Old Testament such as Joel or Haggai or even Leviticus. Yes, I said it, Leviticus. Trust me. There are so many things in those types of books that are inspiring, surprising, and most importantly, there are things in those books that point to Jesus. Once you have chosen a book of the Bible to start with, don't feel like you have to read a lot at one time. Just take a couple of verses a day and pray over those verses before you read and after you read. One prayer that I like to say before reading the word is really simple, and it goes like this. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, so I can learn more about you. That's it. And you know what? When you pray that with sincerity and with joy and love in your heart, you can be more focused on your prayer time and your Bible time. And I notice I learn so much about God and his plan for us I'm more open to it when I pray that small prayer before reading in the word of God. And the good news is, like I just said before, you don't have to rush this process. Take your time with it. So what if you only read three verses in a day? There's nothing wrong with reflecting on those verses and asking questions and doing some research on them. It's not a race for head knowledge. It is a slow and steady walk with the Lord that blossoms over time. You can also use some tools to help you on this journey of reading the word. Some helpful items to have can be a highlighter, and you can use that and highlight things that stick out to you. You can have a notebook or a notepad to write out questions you have or thoughts that you have while reading the word. You can have colored pencils if you like to do creative journaling and draw out the things that you are reading about or the emotions that you are feeling while reading the passage. And you can also use sticky notes if you are wanting to write a quote or scripture reference and you can put those in your Bible, you can put them in your notepad. There are so many um, different ways that you can enhance your reading experience And those are just some of the ways that I use to dive into scripture. And you know what? As you go on this journey, as you pray over the scripture, as you ask God for guidance, you will be given your go-to verse that you can use throughout your day to grow in your faith and your walk with Jesus.
I am just thrilled that I got to share with you my go-to verse and how you can choose a verse for yourself. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit moves in our hearts back to what's important when we take the time to be still and let the Lord fight for us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your word and the ability to use it to know you more intimately. Thanks for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you enjoyed the program. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And please check out our website at www.proverbs31wannabe.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We would love for you guys to follow along on our social media pages. Please come back next week and hear from us again. And until then, this is Alexis Heaslip, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.